and welcome to Here's Why It's Great. My name is John Bring. I'm Sebastian Kadlicek. And we're going to do something here that uh, two men in their 30s have rarely done before. What's that? That's going to be start a brand new podcast. What? I know, I know. It's such a mysterious, uncharted terrain that we're venturing into. Well, since there are so many podcasts out there, there's a lot of white noise out there. What is a good reason for having yet another podcast by two guys in their 30s? That is, that is the question that we asked ourselves when we decided to go into this venture. And the answer became pretty clear pretty quickly, which is that a lot of that white noise is very negative out there in the world. There's a Absolutely. lot of people who have these sorts of things to just trash trash movies, trash TV. There's not enough positivity out there. I agree. There's I, There's room for critique, of course. There's room for humorous for analysis frivolity of course yeah. but it does it seems like there's so many podcasts out there that are just tearing things down and are crapping on things for the fun of it and it's pretty easier it's as it's easier to destroy than to create as antonio banderas says in desperado oh man what a beautiful quote it's lovely he's probably definitely the first person that ever said that too yes it's he also said it's easier to pull a trigger than I don't remember the rest of it. But he also said, let's play. Yes. The best Most importantly, Antonio Banderas' wonderful performance aside, uh, there's a lot that we need to cover in this world. There's a lot of, there's so much hate out there, and we need to... Uh, counter it. Counter it, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk about everything on this podcast. Uh, but first, let's talk about ourselves a little bit. Sure. I guess I could start. Please do. Uh, my name's John Bring. As I said, I'm originally from the South. I'm from a little town called Valdosta, Georgia, about 10 minutes shy of the Florida border. Um, I'm sort of a Southern boy through and through, even though I didn't really fit in very much with the Southern, the typical Southern guy thing. I'm, I'm not into sports. Uh, I'm not into guns. I'm not into hunting. I'm not, uh, I'm not religious. There's a lot of people, church is a big thing in my hometown, not into that. So I kind of grew up an artsy kid. Uh, I drew a lot. I made my own movies a lot. I even tried to work on making a, a video game with my little brother at one point. Uh, so I'm just a person who has, uh, much like Antonio Banderas, wanted to create more than destroy. And I... Love. Oh, easier to pull a trigger than play the guitar. Sorry, I just remembered what There you said. go. Sorry. Oh, man, that brings a tear to my eye. So I started making my own creations at a very young age, probably around 12, 11 or 12. I mean, as soon as I picked up a pencil, I started to draw. Um, really big into comic books, huge into comic books growing up. I still love comic books, although I don't read them as often anymore. So we're definitely going to get into the comic book stuff in this podcast. I watched the ever-loving shit out of 80s action movies. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was my guy, and I watched everything he put out, played a lot of video games, you know, like I said, the only things that we weren't into were sports. I mean, my my dad was certainly into sports. The Florida Gators, where uh, his parents lived uh, in Gainesville, Florida, was a huge part. He loved NASCAR. I wasn't into it. Okay. So we're not going to talk about sports on this podcast, is probably, what I'm saying. Probably, probably not. not a lot of sports. But I think we're going to try to cover other things. Uh, my family was really big into theme parks. We went to one as often as we could get to. In fact, there's a theme park very close to where my hometown is, a little park called Wild Adventures. Uh, featured in the film Zombieland. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, which, that's which awesome, actually. really was sad. Uh, oh, when, that's sad. No, no, no. It was sad when it happened because I just moved out to L.A. 
oh. uh, to pursue a, a career in film as a writer slash director. And you could have just stayed there. And literally the year after I moved out here is when Zombieland filmed in my hometown. And Woody Harrelson's hanging out, Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone are all hanging out in my hometown. And meanwhile, I'm in California around none of those people. And that was kind of sad. Story of our lives. I know. And a few years after that, X-Men First Class was filming in Savannah. And I'll, and this is before, obviously, Georgia exploded as a filmmaking hub, which is basically like the number two hub. I feel like more stuff films there probably than even L.A. at this point. Is this where you tell me you're moving back? I'm moving back to Atlanta. <laughs> That's my announcement. No, I am not moving back to Atlanta. I uh, grew up in the South, but, you know, California is my home now. So... Uh, but cool, yeah, I, and I've been yeah radical. So I've lived in California for about 13 years. Um, I uh, got married a few years back, five years ago, with uh, my wife Lindsay Calhoun Bring, who is a writer, uh, currently working on the uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, which just recently was released. And awesome. uh, she's really uh, happy and successful at that. And uh, you know, pursuing this uh, directing thing and this writing thing for quite a few years. And I worked on the show Supernatural for a very long time and wrote a couple episodes of that. And uh, it's actually one of these random shows that I worked on that I met Sebastian. Hey, that's me. That's you, man. Yeah, we met on a show called Better With You. And and it truly has been, bro. Yeah. Uh, a show that was very short-lived, but it sparked a friendship that would last a lifetime. Well. Eh, you know. Yeah, it will. It's okay for now. <laughs> but uh, let's uh, before we get into both of us, why don't you tell us about yourself? Yeah, so my name's Sebastian. Uh, my last name is Kalachik, which despite that... Uh, I identify as Latino. My mom is Hispanic. My dad is a gringo. And I love them both. I'm originally from the Bay Area. I lived in San Jose, which is about an hour south of San Francisco. And love the Bay Area. Miss it quite a bit, actually. Uh, but I came out to Los Angeles probably around the same time as, as John, a little over 10 years ago. And I came out here for acting. That's actually what I had been pursuing. Similar to John, I have always created when I was really young, I got into comic books. I had always been into drawing. And then when I got into, I think, fourth grade, third or fourth grade, I really started getting into collecting comic books and drawing comic books and creating universes. And I had a couple really close friends and we all created comics together and created characters together. And from then on, comic books were such a huge part of my life. So recently, I'm jumping forward a couple of years, recently got into the comic book world more professionally. And John and I, and Lindsay, as he mentioned, have done a comic book called Penguins versus Possums, which is a story of penguins and possums fighting each other since the beginning of time, hidden in the shadows and kept secret until now. And soon their war will bubble to the surface and every human on the planet will have to choose a side. It's almost like we've done that pitch before at oh, conventions or something. Only 700 billion times. <laughs> so we uh, worked on that. It was uh, You can find it at penguinsvspossums.com. After that, uh, worked on Quince, which is a story of a young girl who gets superpowers at her quinceanera. Uh, it was nominated for an Eisner Award. Been super happy with that. That was actually with a group, uh, Kit Steinkellner and Emma Steinkellner. All, both of those titles are actually through Fanbase Press. Comic books has been such a huge part. I've also worked as a freelance illustrator for comic books, for TV shows, etc. I got a commercial not too long ago, so I'm still doing the acting thing, but John and I have focused quite a bit on writing. When I was in high school, I used to write short films. I didn't call them short films at the time. I just called them movies. And they were just like 10 to 15 minute stories that I would write and 
didn't have a lot of friends. So pretty much it was just me and all these <laughs> in these movies that I would edit together painstakingly with two VCRs or with a VCR and a camcorder. This was clearly before nonlinear editing. That's way better than me and my friends because we just did it on the fly editing. Uh, and we like never in camera. Yeah, in camera editing, and we never ever did it. We never did a second take. Oh, one take wonders. Oh yeah, I mean it was pretty, beautiful every time. Pretty rough. Yeah, no, it was just we were perfect, pretty much. <laughs> I really enjoyed doing that. I would show those videos in class. People would start asking for them. My my production company at the time was called Premio Pictures, which is Spanish for prize or award. And how many awards did you win? None. Oh, I didn't okay, actually sorry. try and get any awards. Right, sorry I just, to bring that up. It's, it's sort of like Rocky Balboa calling himself the Italian Stallion. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just you manifest. You it. mean did Adrian not call him that? At I'm any sure point? she did eventually. Oh yeah, she called. He him that. admits that he gave himself that name. Oh okay. In in Rocky, so I did those videos. I started to get really into theater, and that became my love. I. I, I still was drawing and I still was doing a little bit of making videos. I had a show on the community channel, actually. So I was still making videos and doing editing. and So like uh, the community channels, like cable access kind of thing? Yeah, like cable access. So you had your own Wayne's World? Definitely. Inspired highly by Wayne's oh, World. Oh, that is so dope. Uh, it was really fun. And this was, again, this was before stuff like YouTube. So this was really the only outlet to do something like that. So like broadcast? Yeah, it was broadcast over the television. And I would have people in that area... That would come up to me. I was in college at the time. That would come up to me and say, "Oh, I saw you on the TV." I, you know, and would have people that would write in and say they were watching and stuff like that. It was pretty fun. I ended up working on that with a couple different friends, and it was just really fun to write sketches and to. I started showing the videos that I had made in high school. It was really fun, but eventually, I wanted to focus more on theater. And you don't want to be a sellout. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to be a sellout to the man which I was making no money, so it's, it wasn't really yeah. selling out. But I just, it was, I wanted to focus on, focus on other things, and the community channel show took a lot of time and work, and I would try and do it at the school at that point because they had better equipment than I did. So, and I got in trouble for that. So it was difficult to manage all of those things. I started to get more and more interested in acting more so than in filmmaking. Uh, for whatever reason, I think I just really felt uh, there was something in my heart and something that was magical about it for me. So I focused on that. I ended up going to grad school for it. Uh, did a bunch of theater, some independent film stuff, came out to L.A. And the rest has been just the struggle. Yeah, which uh, which we're both currently in. I mean, uh, we're not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, we're both uh, – since – uh, since his days as being an actor, and certainly you're still an actor, as you mentioned before, you sort of glossed over it, but I'm going to bring it up more sure. heavily now. You just booked a commercial, yeah. uh, a national commercial for IHOP, which is really exciting for the holiday season. Uh, so you're still, like, doing the thing. Yeah, I'm still doing the thing. Uh, you're still doing the thing. It's, you know, maybe not... Uh, we all had our big dreams of coming out here, and within five years, I remember I had a big five-year plan, and I'm going to be directing and writing my own movies within five years, even if they're like small things, I'm going to be yeah. doing it. And then yeah, my whole thing was like, I'm going to be doing independent films for several years and I'll be, I'll make a, 
a name for myself. I'll do these festivals. And then, then maybe I'll move on to more mainstream television and movies and blah, blah, blah. And these, are the, these are the actors I'm going to work with. These are the directors I'm going to work with. And it was beautiful. And I really feel like in a different timeline that happened for me. Right. But we're in the darkest We're timeline. in the darkest timeline. Yeah, we are. Exactly. And I mean, I moved out here and I had a very clear five-year plan. And the first couple of years, I think I fooled myself into thinking that it was definitely going to happen. Um, and things don't always turn out the way you want them to, but things are pretty great. <laughs> but for, here's why it's great. For us personally, <laughs> is what I'm saying, is uh, obviously, again, my, you know, my wife is a writer. She's very successful right now. Uh, Sebastian is married to a lovely woman. And yeah, my wife guys, Shirley is amazing. And, uh, you know, they're they're right now affording us a chance to, to really pursue our dreams once again, which is kind of what sprung this podcast, is out of that... Uh, that determination and the sort of refocusing and wanting to really hit the ground running and do everything we could and putting more out there in the world. Yeah. Putting more, I hate to use the word content, but I mean, that's the only thing that I can really use to describe it, but putting more out there in the world. And yeah, and, and then when it became about what we wanted to say, what we had to say, yeah. I think positivity was the sort of thing that came through. I mean, shit, I can be cynical all day long if I want to be. And certainly after as many years, you know, talking about the struggle... Uh, it's very easy to be cynical. That's what I was going to say. I know I was making those jokes about Desperado, but that's kind of the point is it's easy to be cynical. It's easy to make fun of things or to tear things down. And it's harder to actually create things. And it's harder to actually put positivity out in the world sometimes. But I think it's a very necessary thing, particularly in this day and age, yeah. in this timeline. I think it's a really important thing. And we're really passionate about it. So. We are. We are. And I think uh, I'm somebody personally who is usually a fan of things that are perceived as bad. Right. Like bad movie nights. Like bad movie nights and stuff. I mean, same. you and I have had many times where we've gotten together for a day and watched three old Jean-Claude Van Damme or Steven Seagal movies in a single day. And all those those movies aren't great by any stretch of the imagination. They are great to us. I believe it was after, what, Kickboxer? And what was the other Van Damme movie? Kickboxer and well, we've done a couple. Oh, of we days. did Kickboxer, Lionheart. Oh yeah. And what's the and Bloodsport? Oh man, that was those an awesome like, day. That was an are, awesome day. That's peak Van Damme. Peak Van Damme. All three of those. And we spent an hour actually starting to laugh about it, being like counting how many times he does splits or how many times he does roundhouse kicks. But then we just spent an hour talking about like his performance style and. You know, talking about these films as films, like critiquing them in a real way and realizing that even though they're kind of on the surface, a little dated, a little cheesy, they're great. They're so enjoyable to this day. I had the best time. I had not seen Bloodsport or Kickboxer in many, many years. And I I think I had caught some of Lionheart on TV, but I loved the shit out of these movies. And you you can't help but get wrapped up in them. I was so glad to... I know that you have this love for 80s and 90s action movies and action stars, as I do, and it was wonderful to share that together, because usually I'm watching these movies by myself. When I was a kid, maybe I watched them with my friends, but since then, I can watch these movies nonstop and have almost every line memorized, but to watch that together was a really fun thing, because there is something about being communal or you know sharing an experience. Yeah, I usually was, uh, growing up, my best friend Darren and I would watch Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and I mean, shit, we created an entire world around this myth of Arnold Schwarzenegger that we created out of our own minds. We made comic books about him, about the man, and he had his his own country that he ran that was actually shaped like an arm 
nice. you know, doing a curl basically. Right. He had a we the made bicep. A, yeah, a bicep. We had a yeah, exactly. We uh, we had a whole villain for him. We had several people out to take his throne. We had his own set of rules and punishments for doing the wrong thing. And uh, so we obviously worshipped Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it didn't end there. I mean, we made we made our own versions of Waterworld. Okay. Uh, we made uh, our own Forrest like video Gump. versions. Yeah, video yeah. version. Like basically Swedes. Um, before that term really was prominent, uh, we made Swedes of Forrest Gump. Uh, we made. Well, I'm sorry. What is that term? I'm not familiar with that. Oh, term. it's from like not the Swedish. Yeah, no, I don't know where the actual term comes from. What the etymology is there, but it is just basically like taking a movie and making a low rent version of it. It's okay. Kind of comes from that movie Be Kind Rewind, the Michael or Michelle Gondry uh-huh. movie. Do they use that? Uh, where most dev, I don't even know if they used the term, but that was what, after the movie came out, everybody said. Oh, interesting. Where they would make their own versions of the movies on the cheap. Right, right. Because they, I think, accidentally recorded over everything. Or right, right, right. Erased everything. The, the premise, yeah. Yeah. So we would make our own. This is obviously in the mid-90s, so it's long before that movie came out. But yeah, we made our own Forrest Gump, which you got I there played. First. I, yeah. I believe I played Jenny, young Lieutenant Dan. Oh, I did play old, legless Lieutenant Dan as well. And young Forrest. My, That's quite a range. Yeah, I know. Uh, my friend Darren played Old Forest, and I I want to say he at some point played Lieutenant Dan also. And we made it in, in our game room. We made it in one room. We stayed up all night making it. And then as soon as the sun came up, we made a Waterworld movie where we famously put uh, <laughs> wrapped the camera in a Ziploc bag and thought that that would be enough to keep it safe oh my God. while we filmed underwater. Uh, turns out we, we filmed the first part of it, you know, mostly just the peeing gag uh peeing while he drinks his own pee uh where darren took like a jug of he emptied out a jug of gatorade and he peed out an entire like gallon jug of gatorade so it's a like a five minute shot of just peeing and me giggling and the camera shaking uh so we got to that we got to some of the setups my cousin adam played uh the dennis hopper played uh the deacon Uh uh, which i only know because of the Waterworld stunt show what his name is (laughs) right he played the deacon and i played the little girl with the map on her stomach and then by the time we got we got maybe like 10 minutes into the movie and we got to the underwater footage quote unquote right the instant it hit the water done that camera was dead if my parents didn't own a pawn shop, which had a ton of cameras at the ready, I would have never made movies because I destroyed at least six or seven cameras over time. What a resource. I know. It was, and it gave me a lot of props and things like that. Uh, we made uh, definitely Batman movies, Superman movies. We made uh, several The Crow remakes. At one point, we made we had a series called Attack of the Heist, which was uh, a weird way of saying house. Uh, which was like a zombie movie, our take on the zombie movie. Uh-huh. But each sequel took a different sequel and made it into an Attack of the Heist movie. So Attack of the Heist 2 was the Lost Heist, so it was the Lost World, Jurassic Park. Sure. The, so that plot where they send a, a crew in to, as a rescue mission and to like document the heist. And um, eventually they get all eaten by couches and stuff because we had a couple of couches that had like big holes in the back so you could right. fit, fit our small teenage bodies into it so we could be eaten by the furniture. Um, and we made part three, which was Attack of the Heist with a Vengeance, which was like, uh, like Die, Hard, Hard. Die Hard with a Vengeance, where I played John McClane. Um, and then we had part four, which was uh, Batman and Robin, or it was Attack of the Heist and Robin, uh, <laughs> where I played Dick Grayson, uh, who Bruce Wayne bought the house for him and uh, the, heist. Uh, t- the heist for him. And it turns out there are a bunch of zombies and things there. Because uh, if you die in the heist, then you become a zombie. Oh, sure. And also the furniture I try to eat you. Uh, we also made a prequel called A Very Brady Attack of the Heist, where the Brady Bunch moved in. Right. Or we didn't have any female friends, so it was just the three. Why? We, so we said all the females, uh, Alice and the mom and the and the sisters all died in a horrible car accident. 
Uh, so it was sort of like a pet cemetery riff where they wanted to bury them out in the backyard and bring them back to life, which is why the zombies exist. Okay. So we had reason. I mean, it was like an actual narrative. Oh, yeah. And then a, a much later sequel called Attack of the Highest Five, In Sync, where we just played a really shitty version of In Sync. And it was a Christmas-themed mo- movie as well. These are all like 15-minute movies. But okay. I'm just saying this is the caliber of film that we were doing at the time. <laughs> okay. So we, we sort of did our own films, but... So you were interested in pop culture and creating even back then. Oh, yeah. Even and back so then. At, at a young age. and Oh, yeah. Hopefully that passion and that creativity is something that will come through in this podcast. Yes. Way to get it back on track there. <laughs> trying. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So we're going to bring as much positivity and uh yeah like you said creativity to this podcast we're going to talk about everything under the sun if we can yeah we're going to talk about uh obviously we're it's going to be a lot of movies because we're yeah yeah as you can tell by now we're huge movie buffs (laughs) big movie buffs um i'm huge into music and i there's several bands and uh artists that most people maybe don't appreciate as much as i do that i'd love to give some airtime to i'm really into comic books uh we both are actually really into comic books so i'm sure we'll be touching on that quite a bit I'm into theater. Right, um, which is something that I know a lot less about, so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, on that. Cool. Um, I want to do, I'm going to talk about restaurants. Like, I'm a oh, big, yeah, I yeah. mean, being from the South, I'm a big, like, chain food guy. Um, <laughs> I, less so now, because living in California, you just have, you just have myriad options yeah. at your disposal, so you wouldn't go to something like Applebee's as much. But, good Lord, I love an Applebee's. Maple butter blondie? Shit. <laughs> Give me that all day, air day. I'm a huge theme park fan, so I definitely want to cover some theme park stuff. Uh, you know, again, giving like giving a, a spotlight to some things that maybe are overlooked or overshadowed otherwise. Absolutely. I think those sort of not grayer, but as sort of the, the things that aren't touched upon as much. There's a lot of things about movies and, and maybe books or whatever. But, yeah, I'm really excited to get into the restaurants and yeah. theme parks. Yeah. And I know almost nothing about music. So I look forward to hearing what you have to say about music and bands and uh, songs that are reviled that are actually amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm kind of hoping uh, that we can also broaden our own horizons with this, as well as broadening whoever decides to listen to this, broadening their horizons as well. So we hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a really fun ride. We're going to have a hell of a time doing it, no matter what. We're going to have a lot of fun, and we hope you do too. So, on to episode one. Here's why it's great. <laughs>